Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. Whether you are a member of our church family, either in person or online, or just checking us out for the first time, we believe that you belong here at New Hope Church. We are currently in the middle of the movie series at all of our physical campuses, but due to copyright issues, we cannot post these services online. Instead, we are bringing back a popular series from last year called Anxious for Nothing. This was a powerful series, and we hope that this message speaks to you today. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv, and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. So here is our series. We're in Anxious for Nothing. It's been an awesome series. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've been going through it as our student ministry as well. And this is the scripture we have all been reading, Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Now, two things. One, uh, we're going to read it here in a second, but also the challenge was to memorize this. Tim gave us that challenge, Pastor Tim did, to, give, to memorize this scripture. Because sometimes in life, you don't always have this handy, but you always got this. So sometimes you need to hide the Word of God in your heart, as it says in Psalm 119, right? I have hidden the Word the word in my heart, right? And so memorizing Scripture can be powerful. And so if anxiety is something that you struggle with, memorize this, man. It's powerful, powerful stuff. But I want us to read it together. It's all campuses. But before we do, don't be monotoned, right? We're not in school, right? Don't, don't be like... Uh, no, like we need, we need some pizzazz, right? Jesus resurrected from the dead. This is good stuff, right? So we are going to celebrate a little bit of octave change in our voices. Can we do that? Yeah. We'll see. All right, starting at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy thing about such things. You sounded great. Well done, everyone. You sounded great. Uh, our main scripture today that we are diving into is verse 7. So here is verse 7. It says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you have a listening guide following along, I want to show you kind of how we're going to break up the sermon today, okay? So how we're going to do it, three parts. We're going to have part one right here, and the peace of God. So that'll be part one. And then the part two will be, which will transcend all understanding. That'll be part two. And then part three will be, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So those are going to be our three parts and how we're going to break down this scripture. Now, <clears throat> I think to really break this scripture down, you got to first read it in context, in which we just did, but I kind of want to dive a little bit more into that. So I want to pull up verse six here. This is verse six. Right, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then right after that is when we read verse 7, which says this. Right, So here's it, verse 6. And then verse 7 starts down here, and it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I think these two verses play right off each other. Okay, I think verse 6 is the action. Right, It's the action that we're called to do. And if you want a deeper dive into verse 6, Go on to our podcast, onto YouTube, and listen to Pastor Howard's sermon from last week. It will bless you. Uh, Pastor Howard is an incredible man. Incredible man. Um, Alvin, you are blessed to have him as your campus pastor. He's been attending here since basically day one, been on staff for over 25 years. And I can say, 
as a young pastor myself, leading a team of young pastors, it is an honor to get to learn from him, to be under him. Incredible man of God. So listen to that sermon. You will be blessed by it. Um, so that's verse 6, right? It's the action. It's what we're called to do. I believe verse 7 is the gift, right? It's the gift, right? It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And when we do that, we receive the gift, which is in the peace of God that transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And what I want to do today is dive a little bit deeper into that gift. And what is the gift that we receive? The peace of God. So on your listening guide today, you're going to see that we're going to dive into three characteristics of God's peace. And so go ahead and grab that, and you can follow along. Students, if you don't have a listening guide, just pull out your phone. You're already probably on it anyway, so you might as well just take notes on it. Speaking truth. First characteristics of God's peace. He is the source. He is the source. <clears throat> Now, I know this is obvious, right? Where do you receive God's peace from? God. Whoa, I know. <clears throat> but something I want to pull and notice from verse 7, okay? So I want to go back now to verse 7. This is where we're going to be our, kind of our landing base for a little while. It says, and the peace, what, church? Of. It doesn't say the peace from God. It says the peace of God. And I was thinking about this. I was like, man, we receive peace from a lot of things, right? We see peace from all sorts of things. And I, I actually put a slide on your listening guide or a little blank on your listening guide. This is what it looks like on your listening guide. Peace from, and it's blank. And I just want you to know, you don't have to fill that in. I know you're used to, if you see a blank, you gotta fill it in. You get a pass, you don't have to. Some of you are filling it in. You really do not have to, I promise. You get a pass on this one. You don't, you can just leave a blank. You're like, I can't, gotta fill it in. <clears throat> but we see peace from all sorts of stuff, right? See peace from chocolate. Valentine's Day just happened. My wife is awesome. Laura is awesome because she doesn't, she tells me not to buy chocolate uh, for on Valentine's Day. She tells me to buy chocolate for the day after Valentine's Day because it's cheaper. So then you get a piece from cheapness and chocolate. Boom. <laughs> Double piece. Yep. Amen. <clears throat> you get peace from naps, which I will do later today. Um, movies, underwater basket weaving, swim with the sharks, right? You get peace from all sorts of things. But the thing is, is they're not bad. Okay. So I, I don't, don't hear me wrong and say you can never eat chocolate again, right? I'm not saying that. But I just want you to know that they're temporary, right? The peace that you receive from those things are temporary. You have it for a little while, and then it's gone, right? It's kind of like blind, buying the Bluebell pint ice creams, and they say there's five servings. Come on. Who in the history of eating the pint ice cream of Bluebell has taken five servings? That's one episode. Refill. <clears throat> but you, you, you have things that are just temporary, and so we have to go back to those things to find peace from it. But then if you go back to verse 7, and I want to zoom in on the very beginning part of this verse again to really highlight it. It says, in the peace of God. So it's a part of who he is. I want you to write down the scripture, John 14, 27. It's the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27. It'll kind of dive more into that topic. Uh, but John 14, 27. Let me see if I can describe it this way. <clears throat> I believe it comes from his very nature. The peace of God comes from who he is. What is God? He is peace. The presence of God is peace. I mean, let me say it this way. Where God is, there is peace. Where God is, there is peace. And I think you, you kind of know this maybe more than you think because people's presence 
can bring a certain emotional response, right? Like you have people in your life uh, that their presence just stresses you out. Maybe they're in this room. No, no, I'm joking, don't. Um, but, you know, it, it happens to me, and maybe y'all aren't, y'all aren't bad like me, uh, hopefully not, but you go to a family reunion, right? And those are usually the ones that just get you. And uh, you're, <laughs> this is bad, this, this is bad. Um, you drive up and you're like looking for that person's car because you're like, maybe they're not here. Maybe they're not here. And then you see it and you're like, oh, gosh, they're here, right? And the whole time you're just thinking about where they're at, right? Because, because there's just presence just causes stress and you, your doctor tried to keep your blood pressure down. And so you're like, I got to avoid them, right? Because there's stress and my palms start sweating. It's just, there's presence of people that can cause stress. But then you have those people in your life that just their presence can bring peace. Even in the craziest situation, they don't have to say a word but just them being there makes you say, it's going to be okay. If a person can bring that kind of peace, how much more can our God bring peace? Right? And so verse 6 is the action, right? Do not be anxious. Through prayer and petition, present your request to God. And then we receive the gift, the peace of God that transcends all understanding and will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now earlier I said, I think the, the peace of God is, uh, was the gift and I want to kind of tweak that a little bit. I think the peace of God is the byproduct. I think the real gift that he gives us in this verse is his presence. And God's presence brings peace. Right? He's not just a God that's throwing peace at you and then backing away. God is showing up in your situation. And when God shows up in your situation, he brings peace. Because the presence of God is peace. Let me show it to you a little bit in context. So this is the scripture we just read. Here's six and seven. <clears throat> I added on verse five because I think it's, it's always important to kind of see how everything connects, especially these scriptures. That's why we're teaching them week by week by week because they all connect together. And so this is what it says in verse five. It says, let your gentleness be evidence all. The Lord is what, church? Near. near. Okay, follow me along if you need to on my listening guide. Okay, so we have near here, okay? So because the Lord is near, I don't have to be anxious. But instead of being anxious, we can do what, church? pray, okay? So because the Lord is near, we can pray. And when we pray, we receive God's what? Peace. peace. And we can receive God's peace because the Lord is what? Yeah. It's always centered around his presence. Because the presence of God is peace. That's what he brings. Point number two. On your listening guide, the second characteristic of God's peace. Let me erase my drawing here. <clears throat> Second characteristics of God's peace. Characteristic number two, it won't always make sense. It won't always make sense. Now again, I want to go back to our landing page, which is verse 7. <clears throat> so here's verse 7 again, right? It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So, we just hit on part one, right, and the peace of God. What I wanted you to hear is now hit on which transcends all understanding. Okay. Honesty moment. I've told y'all before, I'm not the greatest at English class or speaking it really in general. Um, just because you speak it doesn't mean you'll pass it. So, 
serious. English is hard. Anyways, and so I was trying to figure out what this was called in English literature, um, where there's a phrase and then a comma, then a phrase and a comma, and then the finishing the phrase. And I was trying to Google it. And have you ever tried to Google something and you're so far off that Google can't even help you? Right? You're just like, look, man, you got to give us something, Carl. You're too far out there. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be honest. And so on Thursday, I said this, and then I said, if you're an English teacher, I know one of you out there you know, email me. So I got an email. So let me tell you, because I'm now educated in this. Um, one second. I'll be like students. Oh, you need my attention? It should be on my phone. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, okay. Phrase which you are looking for is a non-restrictive or non-essential clause. And then I had someone else tell me from last service that it's called an appositive. Is that right? I'm just going to assume right because y'all aren't, aren't making me feel any better. So. <laughs> that is a non-restrictive, a positive phrase, everyone. You should know that. What I do know is that whatever is within the commas is describing what is before it, right? And the peace of God, comma, phrase. That phrase is then describing what is happening before it, right? It's giving more detail about it. So it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. So the which transcends all understanding is giving more description of what, church? the peace of God. And so the peace of God doesn't make sense all the time. And I want to tell you, I love that. I love that there are aspects of our God that don't make sense. I love that there are things that we're not going to understand about God this side of heaven. And that's okay. That the smartest people on this planet can't describe the ways of God. But the problem is, though, is in society, with the things that we don't understand, we dismiss, right? We say, because I can't understand it, it must be false. And so, because I can't fully explain God, it must be false. He must be false. But I believe, as Christians, the things that we don't understand about our God is what makes him awesome. Let me show you this, Isaiah 55. It's from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. <clears throat> this is from God's perspective speaking to us. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Praise God, his thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. Because y'all, there's a lot of stuff in this world that don't make sense. It don't make sense, including English, but it just doesn't make sense. And and even as, as pastors, you know, we get asked a lot of times really hard questions, right? Like, why is this happening to me? Why did this happen in my family? What's going on with this? And a lot of times we just have to say, I don't know. Why would God let this happen? I don't know. I don't have a good answer. But what I do know is that we serve a God who can make sense of it all. We serve a God that nothing is too big for him. We serve a God that is always in control. No matter how out of control we may feel, he is always in control. I do find it ironic, though, that I am trying to teach you something that Scripture literally told us transcends our understanding. So good luck to me to teach that to you. Um, I was thinking, though, <clears throat> just because you can't explain it 
doesn't mean you can't feel things at times, right? Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean you can't feel it. Um, like, uh, for example, like wind. I don't know how wind works. I have no clue, right? I just walk outside and it's windy. And the next day it's blowing from a different direction and then every once in a while wind decides they'll have a party and we call it a hurricane, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how wind works. It changes directions, where it's going, I don't know. Like another thing, like, like I, I enjoy fishing, right? And so uh, you look at a, a fishing uh, chart and it says, you know, wind south by southwest at 15 knots. What's a knot? <laughs> like, okay, it's, isn't the wind the same when it's on land and when it's over water, but all of a sudden we're gonna go from miles per hour to a knot? First of all, who picked a knot? Out of all the options, a knot. Anyways. One of you out there knows how wind works, please email me, let me know. I'm very curious, and if you know the origin of a knot, please let me know as well. Um, <clears throat> but I know when it's windy, right? Because I walk outside and I can feel it. And I believe God's peace can be the same way. I can't always explain it, but I know when it's there. And it doesn't always make sense, but I can feel it. And I believe you've had times in your life maybe that you have felt the peace of God that didn't make any sense. And I know in my own life I've had uh, some moments that I felt it more than others, and one in particular, um, I want to give you a little backstory on it, is when I was 12, I was diagnosed with a thing called ulcerative colitis. Basically, you have ulcers in your colon, there's no cure for it, it's just kind of part of who you are. And so ever since that point, it's just kind of something I dealt with, and you just, you just learn, how to, learn how to cope. Fast forward to when I was going into my freshman year of high school. Um, I didn't know Jesus. I really didn't know Jesus at all. Um, and I had a fever, just a normal everyday fever. Um, my mom took me to our normal family doctor. I went to the family doctor, but the normal family doctor wasn't there. We saw a different family doctor. And while we were there, they brought, us, brought me in, and she didn't run any tests. She didn't do anything. All she did was take my hand. Squeeze it, let it go, squeeze it, let it go, squeeze it, let it go. And, I, and I, I know they're like looking at like, is it pink? And then it turns white and then it goes pink again. But I did that like three or four times. And then she looked at my mom and says, you need to take him to the ER. You need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, sweet, I get to go to the emergency room. This is going to be awesome, right? <clears throat> and so I went to the emergency room. They just said, hey, you're dehydrated. No big deal. It's nothing major. We'll keep you overnight, give you a $7 million hospital bill and send you home. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyways, uh, and so spent the night, no big deal, woke up the next day, had a complete colon failure. Um, they said I had 10 minutes to live. If I was not in the hospital, I would have died. Um, and I didn't know Jesus, y'all, didn't know Jesus. Um, so I go to ICU, I, I have emergency surgery, and I remember the moment when I woke up, like it was yesterday. It was the middle of the night, I woke up for the first time, there was a television screen on, no joke y'all, okay? Television screen on, there was a guy preaching. I don't remember anything that he's saying, it's just a guy preaching. And in that moment, I felt the peace of God like never before in my life. I realized he kept me alive for a reason, that he had a purpose for my life, that there's a God in heaven that sent his one and only son to die for me, that cares about me. It changed everything. Now, have I been perfect since? No, but my purpose changed. I had a reason now. Everything changed when I felt the peace of God. And maybe for you today, the peace of God, you've been running from it. And it's time to stop and ask the Lord for his peace because I promise you, he wants to give it. Characteristic number three, 
<clears throat> three characteristics of God's peace, point three, will guard you in Jesus' name. Will guard you in Jesus' name. I want to go back now <clears throat> to our landing page here, which has been verse 7. It says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, this has been what's been described, right? So as we continue this phrase, it's continuing to describe God's peace in more detail, right? So if you look at the last section, it says, will, what's this word right here, church? Guard, okay? Will guard. So he's saying the peace of God, right? Well, what? Guard. Now, you just take this word by itself. When I first read this, I was like, I don't know if I want some hippie being my guard, right? Like some peace person, like, come on through, man. You want to steal my stuff? Go ahead. Take it all. Peace and love, right? Like, like when, I, when I think of a guard, I don't think of like just some peaceful, everything's great. Life's good. But as we talked about earlier, it's not just peace, it's the byproduct of God's presence. And you know who makes an awesome guard? God. Because God, at the same time, can protect you and give you peace. At the same time, can guard you from the storm and protect you going from on out there, yet also give you a peace that doesn't make any sense. Only God has the power to bring peace and protection like nothing else on this planet. And so he's saying that he's guarding. The peace of God is guarding. And what is he guarding? Well, he says it in the next word right here. You just cut off the R. What is that word right there, church? You. It's your heart. It's you. So why is God guarding you? Like, why do you need a guard? Well, let's think about that for a second, okay? Think of something that you value. Think of something that you have, right, that you guard yourself. Last time I checked... No one guards their trash. Like, no one's out there with their shotgun saying, don't you dare. <laughs> right? We don't care. We don't care about our trash. You guard what you value. So why is God guarding you? Because you're valued. It's not because you're weak. It's not because you're inferior. It's because you have such an extreme value. Now, I have some things in my own life that I value. Um, I have a picture of my truck I want to show you. I value this thing. I like my truck. This is my truck. <laughs> Trucks, yeah! Um, <laughs> but I had it since I turned 16. It was my grand great uncle's ranch truck. He gave it to me. My paint's peeling. Uh, runs great, though. Uh, doesn't like going over like 36 miles an hour, though. So <laughs> if you ever pass somebody on the belt when you're like, what? It's probably me, just do 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 um, <clears throat> But I love my truck. It's awesome. Uh, one perk of my truck is that there's no back, well, not really a perk. It's not really a perk at all. But there's no back seat. Um, and so uh, you technically have three seats, but really you only have one other seat because the middle seat, like, eh, you don't sit in there. Uh, but there is one perk, though. One perk of, of uh, not having a back seat is when I take my daughter to school, I posted this uh, the other day, is that I get to hold her hand. Yeah, let me tell you, when I am holding my daughter's hand, I'm not an emotional guy, but holy moly, it hits me, man. And dads, you feel me. It's just like, 
I don't know what it is. And I'm, I'm, I like, I'm taking her to school and I'm crying and she looks at me like that. She's like, Dad, what's wrong with you? Like, my friends are gonna see you, stop it, you know? <laughs> I love you, you know? Like, and uh, we worship Jesus on the way to school because I believe uh, you need to start your day singing praises to God. If, I mean, that's how I do it. I need, to, I need to spend time in his word and I need to sing praises to him. And so we sing praises to school and uh, we're teaching her how to say Jesus. And she says Jesus and I just lose it. I just can't. And uh, there's something about in that moment when I'm holding my daughter's hand, okay? I'm not the strongest guy in the world. I try to stay fit, but I'm not the strongest guy, right? Like, that's obvious. Why is that funny? I don't know, why is... <laughs> you're supposed to say, no, Carl, you're... Anyways. Uh, but when I'm holding my daughter's hand, I will do whatever it takes to protect her. I don't care if Thor and his hammer is over there. I'm gonna figure it out, right? Like. There is nothing that I would not do to protect my daughter, right? I, I would die for her in an instant. Why? Because she's my daughter. Dad, you feel me on this? It's like, no doubt, because she's my child. I'll do whatever it takes to protect her. So why am I guarding her? Because she's my child. Why is God guarding you? Because you're his child. It don't matter how big you get, don't matter how much money you have in your bank account, you will always be his child. Now, now I wanna say something, okay? Men, hear me on this. We don't like being guarded. Because that, if I'm having to be guarded, that means I was not good enough to be the guard right? I want to be enough. I want to be the guard for the things that I value. I want to be enough in my life. And so I don't like this idea that I have to have a God that guards me, right? I want to be enough. I'm man enough. Let me tell you, men, you don't need a guard because you're weak. You need a guard because you're that valued. You don't, I need you to hear this. You do not need a guard because you're weak. You don't need a God because you're not, you're, you're inferior. You need a God because you're that valued because you are the backbone of the family. You're the backbone of this society. We want society to change, we need men to be men. We need men to be men of God that sow the line, they do what they need to do, they follow Jesus. We need men to be godly fathers and godly husbands. So if that's what we need, doesn't it make sense that the enemy would do anything in his power to take you down? So why does God wanna guard you? Because he knows you're valued. And some of you have been running from God's guard. And you've got to stop because you may put on a good front, but internally you're crumbling because you were never made to carry the weight and the pressures of this life on your own. And you've got to stop running. And men, I want to talk to my, my men that are students right now, fifth through twelfth graders. You are a man of God. I don't care what your family history is. God has a purpose for your life. And men, be the men that God has called you to be. We don't need any more men following the ways of society. We got enough of that. We need more men that follow the standard in this book. And I'm telling you, the Lord will do more in your life 
than you ever thought possible if you follow the standard that she's given you, but you gotta be willing to receive it. And so I don't know where you're at today as we wrap up, but I want you to know that there is a God in heaven that cares for you, that sent his son to die for you, that he lived, he died, he resurrected three days later, and now he calls you to believe. And that I want you to know that no matter how hard it's been, that the peace of God is real. It's real. And church, I also want to tell you at all of our campuses, we're going to have students getting baptized after today's service. Join us. Celebrate them. It is such a joy to finish off Revive Weekend with seeing our students go public in their faith. Will you stand with me, church? You're fine. You're not that sore. Your backs are fine. I hear y'all. You're fine. I see. Y'all fall asleep in chairs all the time. Church, I want to say thank you uh, for being here today. Thank you for being a part of it. Uh, It may take a little bit to get out. I appreciate everybody. I know uh, we took up quite a few seats, and I appreciate your your patience with all that. And uh, I pray that uh, you've been blessed today. And students, uh, let's go out there and support our fellow students getting baptized. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for Revive Weekend. Thank you, Lord, for these men and women in this room, Lord. Thank you for the volunteers, God, that that gave up their time, the most valuable resource that we have uh, to support the next generation of New Hope Church, God. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you could just continue to uh, show up in ways that we could never imagine. God, I pray for blessings over these students. God, I pray you would protect them. Would you guard them? Because we know they are so valued. God, I pray for protection over them, Jesus, and I pray that they can fulfill the calling you have for their life. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. And everybody at church said, amen. Love y'all. See y'all outside. If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to follow, share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.